Welcome everybody uh, to the Atlas Podcast, episode 58. I am Matt Rodriguez, the owner and chief editor of Shakefire.com. And I'm Mike McKinney from last one to leave the theater.com and atlcw.tv and we seem to be missing somebody today really i who are we missing mike um somebody i don't know somebody that's i don't know somebody with fan bolt um and she's always uh, uh, mispronouncing names mm. I, it starts with an e um uh, I know, it's Emma Loggins. Emma Loggins is a no-show today. She's just <laughs> incredibly busy uh, before she leaves for ATX, and she just couldn't be with us to do this podcast. Uh, as it is, she's going to get about one hour of sleep before having to get up and go to the airport. Mm. Well, well, you're here with us, and you're going to ATX. So. I am. We are. We are very. Both of us are very excited. Uh, this is the sixth year that I've gone to ATX. I've gone to all six years. Um, Emma, I think this is her fourth year of going to ATX. It's my favorite festival of the years in Austin, Texas. It's a television festival for fans, and it's just a blast. They keep it small, uh, so there's a lot of interaction between the fans and the stars and, the, and whoever else you're there to see. And the variety is such a wide between Northern Exposure to current shows, to shows that haven't even premiered yet, like uh, Snowfall is a show that they're, uh, they're, it's going to be their opening night. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun. I know Emma is uh, very excited because she's going to be interviewing... Uh, um, Who's she interviewing, uh, Matt? Uh, Damien Lindelof for yes. The Leftovers. Yes, for The Leftovers. And execs. Yep. So. And um, she, we both got some other interviews with uh, the younger cast, and I'm going to be interviewing um, some people that had to do with an old show called The Middleman on the old uh, ABC Family Channel. So it's just going to be a blast, and we'll have plenty in the next couple of weeks of interviews from that. Nice. Well, sounds like a lot of fun. I know I've read and loved your coverage of past years so looking forward yep. to seeing what yeah going and on emma was just at uh walker stalker up in nashville which where she interviewed Stephen yow and that's going to be on our uh, podcast next week so that's something to really look forward to also yeah definitely i'm sure once she gets back she'll tell us about all her experiences there so that's something else to look forward to yes i'm sure she has a few stories and, and well, I always call, and the great thing about going to uh, ATX with Emma is she gets us into the parties. Um, <laughs> she figures out where the parties are, whether they're private or not. We, she gets us in. And then I call her the celebrity um, uh, whisperer because she can figure out which celebrities are in the room at a given time and then figure out if she can get a picture taken with them. Nice. Got to go to those parties, Mike. Yep, I will be going. I'll be going. Hey, I went to more parties than she did last year, so we're gonna we're gonna have to see proof, see some pictures. I I hung out with the super size uh, uh, cast last year at the party that Emma didn't go to, so <laughs> I guess she missed out. All right, so we've got a couple of movies that we're gonna talk about. Yeah, um, the big movie coming out this week is The Mummy, and so. This is Universal's, basically, they are doing their own cinematic universe. They're calling it the Dark Universe. And it's going to be, you know, the Universal Gods and Monsters is um, is what they're revolving around. So, you know, The Mummy is the first one to kick off their universe. And, and, and for, um, 
for you guys that don't know, Universal Studios in the 30s and 40s was known for horror films. They were, they were the ones that did Dracula, Frankenstein, Werewolf, uh, The Invisible Man. Um, and then even in up to the 50s, they did uh, uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon. So they're trying to repurpose these monster movies and make them part of this universe. Yeah. And so the mummy basically is there is an ancient princess, um, Princess Amanette, who's played by Sophia Botella. And she is trying to basically, I'm not exactly sure what she wants to do. She wants to summon the death god um, Set. And I guess she wants power or she wants to take over the world. It's not quite clear what she wants to do. But um, basically, her ritual's interrupted, and she is basically mummified alive and banished. And so, fast forward to thousands of years in the future, and Tom Cruise as Nick Morton is this, you know, he basically raids tombs and sells their goods on the black market. He stumbles upon her tomb and accidentally awakens the mummy. And she basically makes a connection with him and she is his new or he is her new vessel to um, summon set and yeah that's about as complex as the story goes horror in <laughs> hopes to be be revealed but um, in, in this case it really doesn't um, <laughs> sorry so yeah so let's jump right in boredom factor one to five, Mike. What would you, what would you um, give it? I'm going to give uh, three point five. Hmm. Yeah, I would. I would probably go around a three, because I mean, there is a lot of action. Um. You know, it's this is first and foremost an action movie. Don't be fooled. It's it's definitely not a horror movie. Um, so, I mean, like, there is some entertaining action that'll keep you occupied. But, um, yeah, there's there's a lot that's wrong with the film. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll get into it a little bit later as far as what I think about that. Yeah. Um, so, eye-rolling factor. <laughs> How much did you roll your eyes at these I would people? say probably all the way, all the way to five. Um, it's just the plot is first off, there's absolutely other than the backstory of um, the the mummy herself, uh, there is really no backstory with Tom Cruise or his sidekick played by Jake Johnson. Um, I, and I wish they would have had some more of that just to round out the characters a little bit. Mm. Um, but I mean, it's just the plot is just paper thin and there's a ton of eye rolling and in, in, in true Tom Cruise fashion with, I mean, it, it really feels like it's mission impossible with sand uh, because he takes a beating. And this is a guy that he, although they, they show he, one time he's showing with his shirt off uh, spoiler alert, but um, he, uh, he takes a beating and just doesn't seem to phase him at all. 
No. Um, and it's just, I just thought that was just so unrealistic. And it's just, there was so much other stuff wrong, but I, I gave it a five. Well, yeah, I'd give it a four. I'm a little bit more lenient. But I mean, like, yeah, definitely with the whole plot is just so paper thin. And like, what makes it so bad is that they're trying to build this world, this whole dark universe for them. And they they just don't succeed at doing it. You know, they're trying to focus on building this world rather than telling this story of the mummy. And so the film just suffers because of it. Yeah, and I don't want to give too much away, but Russell Crowe plays um, Dr. Henry Jekyll, which, you know, of Jekyll and Hyde. Um, and they just, it's just, his part is so forced in this whole thing. And his character and his his organization that he has is the linchpin behind this whole dark universe and i just don't see that how that's going to work at all because it it was so contrived um there's a there's a instrument that he uses to keep um mr hyde at bay and when we first meet him he has to put it together i'm like dude if you're so concerned about this shouldn't this already be together Not not just the first time you meet him either. The second time too. Like, I guess he disassembles it after every time he uses it, just so he has to put it together again. Yeah, and and the thing is, he needs it like every two hours. So it's not like once a day or once a week. This is like every few hours when he feels I don't know what reason. They don't even give a reason behind it. No, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, they just they don't really explain anything. Like, I honestly don't really have much of a clue. Like, what his organization does right yeah and like yeah they're just like okay yeah here here are a couple references here's you know a vampire skull for dracula and you know here's all these fun little easter eggs but i mean they don't really explain anything about this whole world that they're trying to build i'm guessing they want you to think this is like agents of shield but it's for mont for monster catching Mm. but even that they don't really explain so yeah all right. Well, was there anything good about it, Mike? Who would you say is the best performance? Oh gosh. Um Uh I don't know. Maybe maybe Annabelle Wallace. Uh she plays the love interest. Um you know, it's Really? Yeah, I, I, there's something about her I like. She looked a lot like a um Elizabeth Mitchell from Lost. Um, okay, I can see that. Yeah, and I just, I, for some reason, I just kind of liked her performance, um, although I hate her name. Her name, and she's not even called a doctor, so I don't even know what, if she's an archaeologist, what she is. I don't know. Um, but her first name is Jenny, and I kept, we all kept having <laughs> flashbacks to Forrest Gump with, yes. you know, Jenny. I, yeah. We, we're like peas and carrots, and I don't know, um, uh, Egyptian hieroglyphs. See, Sorry, okay, my, my I'm. To humor. I am going to break um, the format here for a second because I honestly thought that she was the worst performance really? for okay. me. Yeah, I just she was such a plain cookie cutter character. Like I did not care about her character for one bit, and like. She's supposed to be, you know, like, the backbone to Tom Cruise's character. And, like, they 
they don't have good chemistry together. Right. And, you know, the film doesn't focus on the characters at all, so nobody's really developed all that much. And so, like, she was the most forgettable character of the film for me. So who are you, who are you picking for best? You, I, Jake Johnson? Nah, I like Jake Johnson. I actually liked his humor. Um, I thought his humor was good. Um, everybody he, he else's... He plays the sidekick to Cruz, he's, and he's kind of the comic relief yeah, of the whole he's, film. He's the Benny of this this mummy version. In case you are fans of the Brendan Fraser, um, but I mean, I liked him. But I actually thought that um, Sophia Botella as Pris- Princess Aminette and the Mummy, I thought she was good. You know, like I, I thought she was badass. Um. Yeah, see, I, I'm going to disagree with you on that because I, 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 here's the deal is that Universal, those movies had a huge impact on my childhood and gave me nightmares. Um, you know, when I was seven, eight, nine years old and watching them back in the old days, watching them on Saturday afternoon um, television. And she didn't scare me at all. And, that, and that's what I was, was missing. One of the things I feel, this is supposed to be a horror movie. And it's not scary. See, that's where I don't think it's supposed to be. It's a, I don't think it's supposed to be a horror movie. Okay, let me put it you this know. way. It should be then. It should be, probably. Because that's what the Universal films were. Even even when Universal did, uh, uh, you know, when they became the successful powerhouse of making these horror films, so they started expanding where they used Adam Costello to yeah. meet the Wolfman and some other films. Even when they had humor in it, there were still some very scary moments in those films that that would just scare the crap out of you. And there's nothing in this film that scares you at all. No, yeah, no. I mean, and, and I it's agree, not that may scary. Not, that may not be what they wanted. I think they wanted no. Mission they, Impossible it, with yeah, sand. Exactly. They wanted a straight-up action. And I have a feeling like that is what all of these dark universes, universe films are going to be. Like, they're going to be these big action Marvel-like superhero blockbusters. And that's such a mistake. And, yeah, it's... It'll be interesting to see where things go. Because, um... Because, yeah, I mean... I have a feeling that this is not going to do well. And this is supposed to be the film that is supposed to kick off. Right. Well, they were were banking on Tom Cruise and Russell Crowe to, you know, do a one-two punch here. Yeah. Um, And neither one delivers... Yeah. So, so who would you say is your worst? Are you going with Sophia Botella as your worst? Um, no, I don't. No, um, I'm going with Russell Crowe, just because I, I I didn't get anything out of his part at all. Um, he he just seemed like he was there to be a plot point, yeah, and maybe try to explain a few things, which he does poorly. And it's not his fault as an actor. It's just that that part is so poorly written. And, and so poorly explained and, and there's not a lot to him to that character in the film in the film yeah yeah which is sad because if you go back and watch you know the, the classic uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde with Spencer Tracy that's that's an extremely complex character if you go back and read the book 
Oh, those, yeah, those, no, no, those no. characters are both both men are extremely extremely complicated and multifaceted and there's a lot going on there and that's that's kind of the horror that's that's the that's the scary part of it is it's a it's an everyday man that turns into a monster and how it can be in all of us yeah i actually for uh, one of my school projects i wrote a script for Do- a dr jekyll and mr hyde movie <laughs> Well, it's a great, I mean, it's a great, great concept. Yeah. Uh, because no. of, of that, what I've said, it's all it's in all of us, and yeah, and you know, it's it explores that that demon on all of us, and it just in this film, it does it really, really poorly. Yeah. So, no Atlanta recognition on this. No. Nope. Um, I believe it was mostly filmed in like London, right? Yeah, it was filmed in London, and then they filmed some of the sand dunes and other stuff. Um, they did Australia, and I can't remember. There's one other place. Mm. So yeah, no Atlanta. So on the official Atlas rating, what would you give it, Mike? I'm gonna give it an A. Just an A, just yep. a single A. Yep. And that is the letter, not the actual A grade. That is correct. That is not the. That is almost the worst I can give it. Almost the Giving lowest. Nothing yeah. would be the worst. <laughs> Me, I'm going to give it a little bit better and give it an at. Just an AT. All right. Which is still not good. But, um, <clears throat> but yeah, right. it was well, just we're, we're, disappointing. Yeah, it's very disappointing, especially since it's All right, so the, the next movie that is coming out this week. Which is a much better movie. Is <laughs> Megan Levy. Um, the, the, the big thing about this is based on a true story. Uh, Kate Mara plays Megan Levy, and she basically is a young woman who is kind of lost. Uh, her best friend um, has died. Um, she's stuck in this small town in upper New York, and she's afraid that if she stays in the town, she's going to get married and have a bunch of kids and just have a life that she's not prepared to live. And she doesn't have a good fo- a ham, uh, home life. Uh, her mom is very demanding. Her her father and mother are divorced, and she rarely sees her father. And so, just on a whim, she decides to join the Marines, much against her mother's wishes. She joins Marines. She's still kind of a screw-up, even in the Marines. She kind of finds her way a little bit, uh, but she screws up. And as a punishment, she sentenced to go clean the kennels of the bomb-sniffing dogs that are on base. And there she discovers that she has an affinity for dogs, especially for one dog that this other handler has a, has trouble with. And it gives her a purpose in life. She basically has to run through a ton of hurdles in order to join the, bob, the bomb-handling uh, squad. And then it turns out that she and the dog she's trained, Rex, are great at the job. They're fearless. They won't take gruff from anybody, and they basically find um, bombs that other dogs and other teams can't find. And she basically gets this great bond with this dog, and it actually opens her life up to other possibilities. Um, I don't want to give too much else away, but it is based on a true story. It's very inspirational. Um, Kate Mira. Uh, we'll talk about that later, but uh, it, it's it's a it's a great performance by Kate Mara, and it's a really good a uh, good feeling movie to go see. 
Um, and it's a, actually a, just a wonderful family uh, film, not for young kids, but uh, teenagers and on, because uh, it, it shows you how you can turn your life around. Yeah, no, I, I will definitely agree. I was, I was surprised at how much I enjoyed this movie. Because, you know, usually you get these these movies that are so very one-dimensional and be like, oh, we got a dog, so we're just going to go put that up to, you know, turn that up to 11. But no, this one does an amazing job with it. Yeah, there's there's not a lot of, you know, normally in these films, they do you would have Disney doing this. Yeah. Um, and, especially, and this is a perfect film that made-for-TV movies would love to exploit because, you know, it's got to feel good. It's a young woman that's turned her life around. Yeah. But there's a lot of hard... I mean, she's not an easy person to like, and that's one of the things I, I love about this film is that she's a very flawed character, and even up till the end, she's not perfect. And if, yeah. if Disney had a hold of it or a made-for-TV movie, then she would once she's meet the dog then her whole life would change and it doesn't there's some things that do but some things stay the same her family life is still screwed up yeah. uh, and and she's still sort of lost i mean she finds a purpose at the end and um the great thing is is that this is based on a true story and if you're worried there's a portion where it looks like things are grim i will let you know just a little spoiler alert that not everything is bad that at at the end of the movie so it does turn up a little <laughs> bit at the end i'm not going to say it's great but it's it's not as it's not you're not going to be crying because things really turned out badly yeah so um how bored were you i wasn't bored at all i mean it, it's a little bit long um and and so they spent a lot of time letting us see them bond letting, letting us see her bond with the dog and it's, there's a couple of scenes I might have cut, but I, w- I would give it a two, and most of the time I wasn't bored at all. Yeah, I would give it a two. Like, to be honest, as long as it, it did feel long, but it still felt very rushed to me, especially at the beginning, before they got going, because, like, you know, they I think they spent, like, less than five minutes of her going through boot camp and, like... Her, like, you don't really see any of how terrible her life is at the beginning. Like, you don't see why she's in this place. And I kind of would have liked to see, like, the setup for that. Like, you kind of already see, okay, this is the end result. And it's her signing up for the military. And then her getting into it. And then, like, all of a sudden, okay, she's already graduating. So, it's like, she's kind of already made this, like, half change. And I kind of felt that that felt a little rushed. I, t- I just thought of something else I really like about this because we talked about um, how her character is not as flawed and it's not exactly lovable. The dog is not exactly lovable and it's very flawed also. So it's two characters that both um, are not your cookie cutter, um, you know, feel good movie characters because the dog also is kind of a, especially at the beginning, is a big jerk and dangerous. <laughs> yeah, that's what I like. Like they treated the dog as a character. And not like an accessory. You know what I mean? Yep. That's what I like about this film, that it did. So, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd probably give it a two as well for boredom factum. Um, eye rolling. Did you roll your eyes at all? I don't think I did. Um, I, it, you know, I, I, 
I thought the battle sequences were really very well done. Um, um, having known, uh, I've got a, a very good friend that um, is in the military and has spent a lot of time in Afghanistan, and having to lived in this type of bunker situation, um, it, the life that they lived seemed very, um, from what I understand, seemed very realistic. Um, so I, I, no, I wouldn't give it anything. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably give it a, a one, you know, just the lowest. Granted, I'm not going full zero, right? But um, but no, yeah. Um, I think we can both agree on best performance this time around. Yeah, um, we've already been talking about it. Yeah, <laughs> Kate Mara definitely. Yeah, no, this is this is her best performance of all time. I mean, she's amazing in it. Um, she's a perfect. Uh, because she's got the look uh, of somebody that could be a Marine, that could handle her own, but she's still, you know, you're still in a movie star atmosphere. But uh, And she pulls this off, and she really gives this character uh, a lot of layers to it. Um, yeah. And like I said, it's, it, she gives a, gives a quality where you're not always going to like her, and you're not always going to like the decisions she makes. No, yeah, no, I totally agree. Like, this is her shiny moment you know like i've always enjoyed her performances minus maybe um fantastic four (laughs) but um but no yeah she is fantastic in this like she really brings some emotional depth to it although we got to say the dog is pretty good too yeah yeah the dog dog is pretty awesome i mean you can't you can't screw that up well you can i've seen it done before but in this case, no. But you don't. You don't hate the dog. You hate the the handlers, or so. Okay. Um. Worst performance. Who would you? Who would you give that to? Um. It's probably just one of the supporting guys that are in the. Uh, there were a couple that their characters that were very cookie cutter. And uh, there was a couple that just seemed pretty stiff. Mm. Um, I mean, I thought Common was good. Common um, was really play- good. Uh, he plays the he plays the gunny of her command uh, when she gets trained. Uh, Bradley Whitford uh, plays her father. Um, uh, Edie Falco plays her mom. Uh, she you know it's uh, Edie Falco, although it's it's not there's not a lot to it. Yeah, um, I'm, I mean, I, I wouldn't be able to tell you exactly who, but just one of the supporting guys that are in a troop. Yeah, there were a couple of guys that seemed a little stiff um, when they had to interact with her. Yeah, I would, I would say Tom Felton of uh, of Harry Potter fame. <laughs> At first, I didn't recognize him in this, so to get, I give it to him to you know expanding his roles and stuff. Yeah, he he plays a character where. Um, he is a Marine that's already served, um, has come back to do a little uh, retraining with the new trainers, and then he's going back out into the field. Um, and it's a very... It, that character is just there to tell you that war is hell and yeah. um, that, uh, you know, it's, it's bad out there, and however bad I tell you it is, it's actually worse. Yeah. And so, yeah, I... And, you know, a lot of that's due to how little screen time he had, too, of course. Yeah. So, um, what's next? Oh, 
Atlanta recognition. <laughs> this this now, does this, have this, Atlanta recognition. Yeah, now this film takes place in um, Afghanistan and it takes place in uh, New York. In New York, uh, upstate New York. Um, we but it noticed, was filmed in Atlanta. <laughs> yes, it was filmed mostly in Atlanta. There were some uh, there were some scenes, uh, the battle sequences and stuff uh, were shot somewhere else, and I'm not I don't remember exactly where. But there are some scenes that we went. I know where that is. I know exactly where that is. Yes. Um, there's a couple of scenes in Toco Hills at a um, that uh, that's at a shopping center that both of us recognized. Um, and it's and it's there twice, um, and then the the ironic scene thing is is that one of the scenes, one of the signs, in the background, it says Atlanta Roasting Company, which is this coffee house that's over there in Toco Hills. Yeah, and they kept it. So, <laughs> and it's supposed to be New York, but I guess, I guess their coffee is so good that it made it all the way to New York. That's um, right. It's actually not that good. I've had their coffee, and it's. <laughs> I'm sorry. But yeah, well, I will say there it's, is a. It's, it's uh, no Batdorf and Bronson. There you go. I, I will say there is a uh, fast frames uh, that's over there that they do excellent work. So, so yeah. that's how I recognize it because that's where my framing place is. Yeah, yeah, that's that's my Kroger that I shop at. So like, I didn't even realize that they had filmed that there, and then I was like, huh, that is exactly where I shop yep so yeah but um so yeah overall what would you give Megan Levy um I would give it an Atla um I really enjoyed it it was a big surprise to me um and I really highly recommend it uh, especially for Kate Mara's performance um and it's one of these movies that uh Right now, with all the the trouble in the world, you you kind of need this feel good movie about and feeling good about the military and how capable they are and what uh, the excellent jobs they do and how they lay themselves their lives on the line um, and then also the fact that these dogs are just amazing and will do performances that are just. You know, finding bombs and and putting their lives on the line without thinking and and looking out for um, their soldiers. Um, I just thought it was a really really well done film. Yeah, no, um, I'm gonna do you half a half a letter better and give it an <laughs> atla with a small s, so an atla. Um, and that, but that was I a great it. thing. Is that it was such a surprise because I was expecting you know these cookie cutter movies that. Yeah, like, I I wasn't expecting anything big out of it, you know. Um, like, what was that other War Dog movie that came out not too long ago? Was it was it called Max? Yeah. Does that yep. ring a bell? And it yeah, was basically, you know, a dog that goes, you know, another dog that's part of the Marines. I don't think he was a bomb-sniffing dog. No, but it, and then he, the, a family wants to adopt him one day. Yeah. 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 And it was just like, that was just like, eh, that wasn't that great. So I was kind of expecting another one of those. Yep. But um, no, I was pleasantly surpri- surprised by this one. Yep. Uh, we do want to mention uh, one other film that comes out uh, uh, today, and that's It Comes at Night. Um, it's a suspense film I really can't call it a horror film it's more a suspense film 
Um, but it is an excellent film. If you like suspense films, um, if you, uh, there, it's just an amazing film. Um, it was done for a very small budget. Um, it's done by this guy that directed. Um, um, I'm, not, I'm gonna have to look it up now because I'm. Uh, it uh, that was a big hit at uh, uh, South by Southwest. Um, uh, I mean, I hear it's it's more like um, the witch in terms of you know suspense and it you is know, it is it's more, sci- more it's more straight. psychological yeah. psychological. It's uh, Trey Edward Schultz is the guy that directed it and wrote it. Uh, he did a film that uh, just blew Sundance away called Keisha, um, a very different film, but also a very psychological film. Oh, um, Krisha, you mean? Krisha, yeah, Krisha. Yeah, sorry. no, I, um, did you did you see that at um? You saw that at I saw it uh, at South South by two. Oh, years you saw ago. it at South by. I saw yeah. it at Atlanta Film Festival. Yeah, I saw it at South by two years ago. Um, this film, uh, the main character, the, the matriarch of the family, is uh, Joel Egerton. Uh, basically, there's been some sort of plague on the world. We don't know what. It's never really explained. Um, they don't even tell you if it's worldwide or if it's the United States or if it's just the area. But this family is isolated, um, and it's just a family of three. And um, they encounter another family and things start happening uh, and it's really well done um, very low budget but I highly recommend it especially like suspenseful films uh, that border on horror um, it's, it's a film that you go, should go see I'm looking forward to it I want to see it um, I enjoy everything almost everything A24 puts out you know I think they have a a terrific selection process that they do so i've always enjoyed their films yep so all right so now it's time to talk about the weekend box office. weekend box office oh i think we all won here because <laughs> we all said that wonder woman would be a hundred plus yep and it was yep um yeah it came out to 103 million dollars um which uh did amazing also what got me was it was over in it was in over four thousand theaters, but each theater averaged twenty four thousand um, dollars for this each screening. So it's just I mean it's just did an amazing amount of, of things. Yeah, uh, Captain I mean, that's Underpants. One hundred and three. That's the um, that's that just broke here. the record for the uh, highest female director. Yes. So. Congratulations, Patty Jenkins. Like, I yes, just want her to handle the whole DC universe now. Yes, and, and, and Marvel, you should be listening for a Black Widow movie with Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> I think we're due one now. Oh, that I think pro- we've, it's been we've, proven. People have been clamoring for that for ages now. I know, and then the fact that now we've proven that you can open, and Scarlett Johansson's already proven it anyway. She can open a, a, you know, she did it with Lucy, which came out of nowhere. Nobody thought that would do anything, and it ended up yeah. doing like $60 million. She can get in a Marvel film, and she could do she could do the same thing. She could do a hundred million dollars in a weekend. Yeah, I honestly have no idea why they haven't done a like why it's taken them so long. I mean, it's taken them like Captain Marvel will be their first female led film, which I'm I'm very excited about because yeah. I, Brie Larson is amazing, and, and it looks like she's really um, taken this task at hand and really is taking it serious and is really wants to do this part. 
Um, so I'm very happy. But come on, but yeah, it's crazy. It like Joe. it's crazy that Wonder Woman is the first female-driven superhero film. So Captain Underpants, the first epic movie, came in number second at a very respectable twenty-three million dollars. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, which the first week was number one, did $22 million. Um, but if that's a 64, almost 65% drop-off. And I expect this weekend it's going to be in the in the teens. I wouldn't be surprised if it's below uh, $10 million for this weekend. And I, I expect Guardians of the Galaxy to beat it pretty easily. Guardians was number four. You had Baywatch number five. Alien Covenant number six, which is just dying. Um, yeah. It's only done sixty-seven million after three weeks, and there's a lot of talk that there may not be any more Alien movies because this one costs so much to make, and um, it is not doing well. Yeah. Uh, everything, everything, which is a very small film, didn't co- cost only ten million to make. Um, it came in number seven, and has done twenty-eight million dollars. So that's a big success story for them. Snatch was number eight, number nine, Diary of the Wimpy Kid, and number ten, King Arthur: Legend of the Sword. And I'm happy to say, Boss Baby was number twelve. <laughs> it's out of the top ten. It is, and it's out of the million dollars. It only did six hundred and twenty-one. <laughs> All right, so we do have some movies coming up um, that'll be releasing on Friday, June sixteenth. Uh, the most interesting one we'll we'll see how forty seven meters down, um, which is another thriller about two women that get in a shark tank, and the shark tank uh, the uh, cable breaks, and instead of them being down only like ten or fifteen meters, they go down forty seven meters with very little oxygen left in their tanks. Uh, the big movie, of course, that's I'm coming out that's is like Cars it. Three. I'm sorry. What'd you say? No, no, no. Keep going. You're fine. No, you're fine. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> okay. Cars uh, 3. Cars 3. Um, yeah. Cars 3 comes out. That'll be the big one from Disney Pixar. It'll be interesting to see if they can recapture the magic because Cars 2 was just horrible. Um, Cars 2, I felt, should have been just released a video um, or video on demand. It shouldn't have been released in the theaters. It wasn't worth it. And it certainly wasn't worth putting the Pixar name on it. Yeah, I think the Cars franchise is the weakest of the Pixar bunch. Um, a couple of others, the comedy Rough Night, um, which will be also interesting to see since it's uh, an all-female cast. Um, and uh, it's a comedy, and it's an R-rated comedy. So it would be interesting to see how well that does. Uh, the Tupac uh, Shakur film, All Eyes on Me comes out, and also a film that's getting a lot of buzz, The Book of Henry. Those are all coming out on Friday, June 16th. All right, so Mike, you and me, we got to go. What do you think is going to win the box office this week? Hmm? Oh, um, I, th- I think it, I think uh, 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 Wonder Woman wins again. Yeah. I, think, I think the word of mouth on this film... I, th- I think also the fact that it's worth going seeing a second time. Um, it's it's not as funny as Guardians, where you're going back to see hear some lines that you didn't hear the first time. But the action sequences, especially the sequence that's on the battlefield, uh, the no man's land, is so well done. 
Um, and I just think, I think women especially are going to go back and see this again for a second or third time. Just, just celebrate it and just support it yeah. and, and keep the box office going. Um, and I, I, I foresee this. At, at, I mean, I think The Mummy's only going to do 30, 35 million. I think yeah. we're a mouth on The Mummy's going to be horrible. Um, you know, Tom Cruise, he's not the star he once was. And he can't just show up in a film and open it up and do $70 million or $80 million anymore. Actually, I don't think he's ever done that. I saw somebody, like, I think his biggest, the biggest opening he's ever had is $67 million. Because um, somebody, somebody pointed it out, I saw on Twitter. They were like, he's never been a really big box office opener, you know. Um, so, Yeah. I yeah. I agree with your assessment. I think Wonder Woman is definitely going to take the top spot again. Yeah, I, I, I think Mummy is just going to bomb. I think word of mouth is going to kill it. Um, it is not a, it's not a movie I'd want to see again. Um, there's not any reason to see it again because it's it's once again the plot is so thin. There's no there's nothing for me to reason to go watch it again. Whereas yeah. Wonder Woman, I'd go see again tomorrow because I enjoyed it so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, folks, I believe that wraps up this week's episode of the Atlas Podcast. Um, Just to recap, we'll be having some interviews next week. So we got Stephen Yin from uh, The Walking Dead that Emma interviewed over at Walker Stalker Con. And we will have Damian Lindelof from The Leftovers. And then we'll have a bunch of stuff coming from the ATX festival that Mike and Emma will be attending. Yeah, and this weekend, if you follow Emma uh, and or myself on Twitter and Instagram, you'll see a lot of pictures and a lot of tweets. Um, I'm at last one to leave. Uh, Emma's at FanBolt um, on both Instagram and on uh, Twitter. Also, Emma Loggins. Um, and um, we'll take as many pictures as we can of, of the events that are going on. Uh, and the after parties, Mike. And the after parties, which I will <laughs> attend as many as I can, as many as Emma can get me into. There we um, go. And I will attempt to. Uh, and I. And the great thing about ATX is actually I've made friends with some of the actors that I've interviewed before. So I've got some ATX buddies that actually know who I am and know my name. Uh, so that's always cool to catch up with them. Um, so. We will be tweeting and Instagramming um, as much as we can. So follow us this weekend. Um, and uh, I guess that's it. Yeah. And that That's a wrap. So once again, I am Matt Rodriguez, the owner and chief editor of Shakefire.com. And I'm Mike McKinney of Last One to Leave to Theater.com and ATLCW.TV. And then Emma Loggins of Fanbolt.com. We'll be back with us next week. Yes. So see you then. 